Let's go! Welcome into the pod. Friday, 10th of February, here in Melbourne. Beautiful day. Heaps to talk about. Kevin Durant to the Suns. Say it out loud. It is a sweet sounding thing. Massive show today. Going to do a Super Bowl preview later on. Kansas City versus Philadelphia. I am super pumped for that. But I'm going to kick it off with a little little about myself, a little a little about my Wednesday night b-ball team with the homies. The band is back together again. We suited up for the first time in a while. We got out there. I was super pumped. I thought, man, I've just watched LeBron break the record. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to score 30 out there. Suit up, get out there. Within 15 minutes, I'd completely blown up. My right knee and patella was shaking. I couldn't stop it shaking. I had that kind of gurgling stomach where I thought that oh, at any at any moment I could I could be barfing on the court right now. I, I couldn't breathe. The salt and sweat was getting in my eyes. I couldn't see. I was out there dribbling. I was struggling to to kind of know what way to go. Defensively in the second half, I couldn't run. I was getting a half court and then just trying to get, you know, a little cherry picker Joe the Goose over at the top. I was thrashed. And it just made me think. There was a good line by Jalen Hurts this week. Everyone's got a lot of opinions, but opinions don't deposit at the bank. And everyone's had so many opinions on Jordan and LeBron and Kareem. And all week it's been, oh, who's better this, this. And 99% of those guys sit on their couch most of the time. They love potato chips. They love Twitter. They don't even, they haven't gotten out in a basketball court in 10 years. It's hard. It is really, really hard. And LeBron's been doing it for 20 years. Let's just appreciate greatness. Sometimes it's not who's better, who's this, you know, always being a sideline. Let's just appreciate greatness. It's been one of the great weeks in NBA. We've seen LeBron do something that people never thought was going to happen. Everyone thought Kareem had that record forever. And LeBron has just come in every single day. Every single day he comes to work. For 20 years, he is available. His body is right. He is a leader. He is a leader and has been a leader in three different organizations. He's been able to work well with so many different players to get the job done. And and as talented as LeBron is, we know that talent doesn't get you anywhere in the NBA. Trade deadline, what happened at Brooklyn? Oh, well, they got rid of Kevin Durant. They got rid of Kyrie Irving. They got rid of James Harden earlier in the year. Ben Simmons didn't play for parts. They had four guys that were four of the most talented guys in the league at, at, at some point in their career. They brought them all together and said, oh, let's, let's see if we can get this to work. With a coach who was a, a rookie coach, and, they, and, and you've, got Le, you've got Durant coming out going, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll coach ourselves. Kyrie, oh, we don't need a coach. Yeah, how did that work? How did that work? Complete and utter failure. So sometimes we just need to take a step back we don't always have to talk and be, oh, LeBron is greatness. He, he truly is. And he has just been able to do it every single night for so long. He is 38 years old and he puts up 30 points a night. Like, come on. That is just, just stop it. He's, this is a really good week to just sit there and revel in it. Revel in greatness because it is around and it is, 
LeBron is just that good and has been good for that long, it's important to remember that as much as we can talk about who's better and this and that and who's had a greater stretch and who won more championships, we have been watching NBA for the last 20 years mainly because LeBron is playing basketball. So, massive trade week. Let's talk about some of the stuff that went down. Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. I mean, come on. So, they now have a Hall of Fame point guard who doesn't really need to shoot. He's not, He's not. you know, controlling the ball. He's not Luca. He's not James Harden. Chris Paul is happy to dish the ball. He wants to dish the ball. And he's got two of the best wing shooters in the NBA right now in Booker and Durant to get the ball to. He's got an awesome rim, rim protector and court runner big in DeAndre Ayton. Those four guys with, you know, a couple of other guys, whether it's Torrey Craig or, or whoever it is, Shamit, they are going to dominate. I, I, I think they are definitely the favorites to win the whole thing now because of that. I mean, Kevin Durant is such a needle pusher. And in, a, in an organization where he can come in, where there's already a culture and tone set by Chris Paul and Booker, it's a lot easier, you know. Kevin Durant having to go over to Brooklyn and be the leader, that he's not that type of guy. And we saw that, you know, Kevin Durant to the Warriors worked because Steph Curry had already set the tone. There was already... A, Steve Kerr had set the tone for the team. Draymond sets the tone for the team. And Kevin Durant just slots in and just goes, yeah, I'm going to make you guys that much better because I'm another asset that's completely unstoppable on a basketball court. So... I mean, they are the favorites now. The Suns are the team to beat. We love the firepower in Dallas. We love the fact that, I mean, I banged on it in my last podcast. Get rid of Westbrook. What are you doing? He is not, he's not part of the recipe for LeBron's success. The Lakers get rid of him. Thank God. I mean, really, really good move by their front office. Go and get some shooters. D'Lo and Beasley are both top. I think they're both top 15 in three-point percentage this year. So two really good shooters. They gave away, the Lakers gave away a 2027 or 2029 pick. Who cares? You want to win now. You've got LeBron for now. And you, this is this is what they needed to do earlier in the season so they could get a little bit higher up in the in the in the rankings. But they've made they've gone and done it. Good move. Front office LA. Uh, there were a few other weird moves. I, I think the Highland, Bones Highland move was a bit weird. He's going to be a really good player, so don't know if I like that one, but we'll see how that plays out. Jay, Jay, uh, Crowder goes over to the Celtics. That's going to be a really good one for them. I mean, the East is just this competitive beast, and to have another big defender like Crowder out there is, and three-point shooter is going to be really good for the Celts, so props to them for making that move. There was a, about a billion second-round picks being traded. Every time I checked Twitter, it was, yeah, five second-round picks are going for this guy. Three second-round picks are traded for Luke Kennard. It was just amazing how many second-round picks seemed to appear uh, just on, on trade deadline day because everyone, you know... I mean, what is a second-round pick in the NBA? It's really not much these days. Unless you can draft and develop players like the Warriors, uh, a... a a second round pick is just nothing to a lot of these guys. So lots happening. Let's get into the Super Bowl preview because 
I mean, that is the, the juicy juggernaut that we've all been waiting for. Let's talk Kansas City. Let's get into the offense. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. He's a little bit injured, but he's still the best quarterback in the league. And I think his ankle didn't affect him as much as Jalen Hurts' shoulder affected him in the last game. So I don't think we're going to see much of a drop-off or, 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 or you know any kind of injury-affected play from Mahomes. I think he's going to be lights out. Now, they play a style which has changed last year to this year. So they lose Tyreek Hill, Kansas City. They go and go, okay, we're going to kind of plug and play a bunch of receivers. They're still the number one offense in the league with Juju and Marcus Valdez-Scanning and, and Kadarius Tony and Mecole Hardman. They made it work. They've made it work all year. Now, three of those guys are injured. Juju's injured. Tony's injured. Hardman's injured. Valdez-Scantling is going to have to have a big game. But a lot of what Kansas City's been doing recently has been revolving around their tight ends. They're playing out of 12 personnel a lot, which means they're getting two tight ends in the game and they're getting Kelsey to play more of a wide receiver, not in line with the, with the offensive line. It's really hard to stop. Having said that, Philly's defense has been the fifth best team against tight ends all year. So they've stopped that tight end position really well. What Philly haven't been good at all year is defending the run and defending passes to the running backs, which is one of the strengths of Kansas City. Both Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon have been lights out this season in the passing game. They get out, they get lots of yards. So I think for Kansas City, knowing that you're missing those three receivers or they're going to be really banged up, you're going to be getting the ball out to those running backs in space and seeing if they can go and make a play. I, I think that's one of the ways that you're going to have to beat this juggernaut Philly defense, which I'm going to talk about a little now. So, at the moment, Hassan Reddick's one of the best edge rushers in the league, and he's going to be coming at Andrew Wiley of the uh, offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. He plays O-guard, and he's actually given up nine sacks this year. So, Hassan Reddick is going to be in a favorable matchup, which isn't really that great for Kansas City. That's the way they're going to line it up, I think. The pass rush of of Philly has been dominant all year. When When you've got guys like... Uh, Sweat and Cox coming in and, and really burying at the quarterback, Hassan Reddick. It becomes really tough, but Mahomes is a magician. He's going to work his way out of the pocket. He's going to make plays. But when he gets out, it gets tricky as well. They have two of the best corners in the league. Bradbury is probably the most underrated corner in the league at the moment. Darius Slay is an all-pro. It's going to be really tough, I think, for Kansas City to throw the ball consistently all game, especially when it's on script. Now, we know that Kansas City are amazing off script, and we know that Andy Reid, off a bye with two weeks to prepare, is going to have a lot in in store for, for the Philly defense. So that's the exciting part, I think, is when you look at this Philly defense, they are rock solid. Maybe their linebackers are a, are a little weaker, but their corners and their rush are unstoppable. They're going to probably play CJ Gardner-Johnson on Travis Kelsey, and I'd expect him to be pressing up on him all game. That's the matchup that that really is the most important, is can Gardner-Johnson, or or, or maybe Avante Maddox, but I think Johnson's a bit bigger. I think Johnson needs to lock down Kelsey. 
you can't let Kelsey just get, you know, 10, 12 receptions or more. I think in the first half of the Jacksonville game, he had 10 or 12 receptions. It was just unbelievable. So they need to lock that down. But it's how Andy Reid and Kelsey and Scantling and the backs and Mahomes can work a little bit off schedule and Mahomes can get out of the pocket and make those plays that Mahomes has just been making for so long. They're just the magical plays. And that's why I think this Super Bowl is going to be awesome because if Kansas City are going to win, Mahomes is going to be doing some pretty crazy stuff. Let's go to the other side. And I think the other side's even more interesting than, than, than this side. Although I think Mahomes is going to make some magical plays, the way that Kansas City goes after this juggernaut offense of, of Philadelphia is just going to be awesome. So Jalen Hurts, a little banged up, but it doesn't really matter the way they run the ball. With Gainwell and Sanders and Scott and their offensive line. Now, now their offensive line, they got three guys that were still there, that were there when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Isaac Sayamalu were all there when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. Who were their other two? Landon Dickerson, he's an old pro. Jordan Mailata, an Australian, shout out. Been playing really well this season. Probably the weakest link on their offensive line, but still been playing really well. When those guys are allowed to run block, it is so hard because they are coming downhill at you all game. All game. And they don't even need to throw the ball. And because of the danger of Devontae Smith and AJ Brown on the outside, you really do have to play and and, and cover for them. They're both 1,100 plus yard receivers. So you can't just stack the box. If I was Kansas City, I would. And I would make Jalen Hurts throw at AJ Brown and at Devontae Smith. I would say, okay, we're not going to let you beat us on the run. We're going to make you throw outside. The way, the way that I think that this might turn in Kansas City's favor is that they do have Chris Jones in the middle, and that is going to hopefully create some pressure on, on Jalen Hurts early in the downs and hopefully stop that inside run, which they love doing. If they're not able to get any inside pressure and they're able to run the ball and get lots of chunk yards on first and second down, I think Philly may run away with the game. They're just that good. Their offensive line is that good. Their run game is that good. Jalen Hurts is very crafty. He knows when to hold the ball and run it himself. He knows when to dish it off. He knows when to pull out, and he's getting single coverage on on, on Devontae Smith, who's hitting a crosser, or he's going deep to A.J. Brown. It's going to be tough. They really do, if you're Kansas City, need pressure on first and second down and force some throwing situations because we saw Jalen Hurts not throw the ball very well over the last two or three games. He really isn't getting back, dropping back, and and, and delivering quite well. I I think only, you know, 28 yards for uh, AJ Brown the last game and and, and 40 yards or so for Devontae Smith. So they really weren't throwing it, especially in the first half when the game was close against San Francisco. They weren't able to open it up. Now, obviously, there was no quarterback for San Francisco second half and they, they were able to get their run game going. But... Kansas City do need to stop the run. Now, the Kansas City defense has a lot of rookies. McDuffie, Watson, Carl Loftus. They're they're going to be in situations where they're really going to have to rely on rookies making big plays, which 
I mean, Kansas City have been doing this for years. They draft and develop players so well. They've come to play in the first two playoff games. They've really been important cogs. They've been getting interceptions. But now you're up against one of the best offenses. And if, 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 if Smith doesn't get you and A.J. Brown doesn't get you, it'll be Dallas Goddard that gets you. So there's weapons all over Philly's team. Going to be a really, really tough game for that Kansas City defense to hold up for four quarters because, like I said, Philly just keep coming at you. And once that run game opens up, it really is tough to reel them back in. I'm, I, I'm thinking the best case scenario for Kansas City is they score early. If, if I'm Andy Reid, I want the ball early. Same if I'm, same if I'm Philly. I want the ball first. I want to score first. Put pressure on the other team on the scoreboard early in the game. The whole idea that you come out and you get the ball in the second half, you defer, that's a, that's a Bill Belichick thing. That's a Patriots thing. Uh, in this type of game, I want to score first because I want the pressure on. It's going to be a high-intensity game. There's going to be a lot of guys flying around. I want to have scoreboard pressure early. Test those, those young guys. I want those rookies. If I'm, if I'm Philly, I want those r- rookies covering A.J. Brown on something long early. Because that's going to open the game up, and then you're going to be able to run the ball all day if you've got a lead. Uh, interesting things. I mean, Andy Reid goes back to Philly. Both the Kelsey guy, brothers are playing against each other. Legacy-wise, for a Philly team that went in 2017 to the Super Bowl with Howie Roseman, who completely retooled. He has a new quarterback. He has a new coach. He has a, a has 17 all-pro or alternate players. I mean, for an organization and a front office, this has been a mastery to kind of rebuild without rebuilding. You go out, you get a guy in a second round who can legitimately play a quarterback and load the rest of the roster. You've got an offensive line that's just the best in the league. You've got a defensive line that nearly got the sack record all time as a defense. I mean, for Philly, this is this is their game to win, I think. This is their game to win. And as for Mahomes, well, this is his this is his legacy game. If Mahomes wins this one, he really pushes up into that I'm the best quarterback. Talent and skill-wise and, and, and in terms of positional, he's one of the best all time. And that second Super Bowl will, will, I think, solidify that. If you look at what Mahomes has done in his short career, losing a number one, losing the number one wide receiver almost in the league and coming back the next season and winning the Super Bowl, doing it when you got ro- your ankle rolled up in the first 10 minutes of the first playoff game and going on to win two games with a bung ankle. Oh my God. Doing it with a bunch of rookies. If you take Chris Jones and and you take Patrick Mahomes' salaries, they are 31% of their whole cap. That's 31% with two players. And Mahomes is going to come out there and he is going to deliver one of the performances that we will, we will never forget. That's how that's the legacy that Mahomes is about to throw down if they can win this game. So, I mean, it's just going to be such a tantalizing game out there in the desert. I'll be watching. Everyone will be watching. It's going to be awesome. So, 
Everyone, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy a little bit of time off. See your family and your friends. Get ready. It's going to be a massive, massive for us here in Australia. It's a Monday game. For my international audience, you'll probably be getting it on a Sunday. But let's go. Super Bowl week. Kevin Durant to the Suns. Just keep saying it because it is, it's hot. Have a good week. This is Cato Sports.